Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey everyone, welcome back to Friend of a Friend. It's me, your host, Olivia Perez. I'm a journalist, interviewer, and the creator of the show where we get to sit down, make a new friend, and go inside the minds of some of the most innovative and creative forces shaping our world today. This month on the show has been so much fun because I've had so many incredible people in fashion who I admire on the show to catch up and chat and really get a glimpse into their minds. So we're going to continue that thread with today's episode. When I first started out in fashion, I can distinctly remember the people who were absolutely captivating to me. One of them was Alele May. Her style is impeccable and like nothing I've ever seen. She's worked with the best of the best, and she's a person who's making serious waves for women in fashion and the sneaker world. For those of you who are just meeting Alele, to me, she defines what it means to be a multi-hyphenate creative in the world today. She is the absolute queen of sneakers. She's a stylist, a designer, and a model. She's a Nike collaborator who has made history. She's the first woman to ever collaborate with Nike to design a Jordan 1 and a unisex Air Jordan. P.S. She came out with a shoe last week that absolutely sold out. Sorry guys, but that's how they usually go. She's also an insanely talented stylist who styles talent like Kendrick Lamar and is a bona fide street style icon. We sat down this week to talk about growing up in LA and how she really manifested this career for herself. She's a big believer in this and it was so incredible to hear how she's used this really strong belief in herself to manifest the career of her dreams and whatever that looked like for her. She didn't fit a mold. She really did what she wanted to do and followed her own path. We also talk about how to stay inspired as a creative, how we both got through hitting that creative wall this year, and her best advice for her fellow sneakerheads. Some housekeeping notes. If you guys haven't followed the show and you find yourself coming back every week and listening, take the time to follow us and please leave us a review. I love to hear your feedback, your thoughts, and how we can make the show better for you guys. If you love the show, share it with your friends. I will always reshare if you guys post on Instagram. Thank you again for tuning in today. I hope you all love this episode and have an incredible week ahead. Here's my friend, Alaylee May. Guys, I'm so excited. I have Alaylee May in the house. Hey. Little known <laughs> secret. She was actually my first podcast guest ever. She willingly volunteered as tribute. It never aired. That tells you anything about what happens when you first start a podcast. But I'm so grateful that you're here again. Yeah. Thank you so much for being an OG supporter. No, for sure. To be here two years I later. mean, it's growing. So, you know, I think, again, we're all growing. So, you know, you just got to check back in yep. and like say what's up. <laughs> I literally was like, hey, again. Um, so I know we did this already, but I'm just wondering if you would do it again. Right. Yeah. No, it's great. How are you? I'm doing good. Yes. I mean, 
it's a lot going on in the world, but, you know, just trying to figure out, you know, what's the best decisions I should be making right now and, you know, career wise. And, you know, I think pandemic has definitely showed us a lot. So I feel like now that we're kind of getting out there, it's like, like now we have to take the action and like kind of what we were thinking about in like the incubator, you know? Totally. I've been thinking about that a lot where it's like, I had so much anxiety during COVID. And I think so much of that I can reflect back on and say, oh, it was my impending doom or like the fear of what it would be like post. Right. I didn't know what that would look like. And And I feel like we still don't really know. No, I have no idea. Because it's changing literally every day, every hour. Every day. (laughs) You are a dyed-in-the-wool OG LA girl, which is something I've always loved about you. I feel like that's a big part of who you are, and it's had a really big impact on you. Yeah, for sure. I would love to hear what you love about living here. Um, You know, I kind of had to go away in order to appreciate it, for sure. So. During high school, my dad was in the army, so I went to Colorado for high school. And then after that, I was like, definitely not here. Um, And I was like, New York, a little too big for me right now. And so I decided on going to Chicago for college. Everyone's like, it's cold, good luck. Um, It was definitely a blizzard the first year I moved. And uh, a lot of insight to pretty much like what I do today. So that kind of started off uh, my career. you know, styling and um, kind of getting into like what we know now is streetwear. I mean, back then it was really just kind of coming together. Yeah. So I was working at a place called RSVP Gallery and it's owned by Don C and Virgil Abloh. So very close, you know, on Kanye's team pretty much helped him become the person who he was and two very successful people. This was before Off-White, you know, before all of that. And, um, you know, I started working there. So I actually met the two guys later on at Nike. I met them there. So, you know, things kind of just fell into play. And, um, you know, not knowing who you're going to work with years later, I was kind of like, I think I hit a cap here. You know, I think I've gotten the wisdom that I needed. It was three years. And I was like, I think I want to go home. I felt like I needed to live in L.A. as an adult. Yeah. You know, it's a totally different experience. And it was definitely a new world, but a very familiar at the same time. You know, I have my family here and, you know, just the good L.A. vibe. So pretty much moved back here. And like two weeks later, I was like styling Kendrick for Jimmy Kimmel. So I was like, yeah, definitely affirmation that, you know, just follow your gut. I feel like same feeling I had with like going to Chicago. It was like that same feeling was like, all right, you're done here. You need to go back to LA. Yeah, I think it's an intuition thing. You always have to listen to that. If something's pulling you somewhere, there's a reason why that's happening. And anytime I followed that intuition, I've always been rewarded in some way. For sure. And um that was in 2013. So I've pretty much been here since. And, you know, it's so crazy because I think in 2013, not a lot of people were coming here. But like the last, I would say, three years, it's like this wave. Totally. Like I always call it like the California gold rush where it's like people are realizing that like, wait, we have space <laughs> here. We have good weather. You know, everything is... Again, you have that mental space, but you can still get work done. I kind of like say like LA is a place where like you can do absolutely nothing and you could do everything in one day. You definitely just need time in between to drive. But 
That's a yeah. pretty good way to summarize LA. You know, it, it's again, you got to figure out where your tribe is, where you're going to hang out yeah. and then kind of just post up, you know. Yeah. So you said you're from here. Your family's here. Mm-hmm. Would love to hear a little bit about was your family in fashion growing up? Was there someone in your family that was really inspirational for you and kind of led you down the path of being interested in it? Yeah, I feel like I had fashionable family members. Love. Uh, no one was into fashion. I think my actually my great great grandmother, she was like a seamstress, cool. but never, you know, anyone that kind of started a line or anything, yeah. uh, you know, Grandmas, I feel like back then they were just always luxe, you know, just like furs and things like that into jewelry, Chanel, perfume, you know. Something I think about all the time is I wish I could go back to the days where people would dress up to go out. I mean, just to go out. Just to go out. Just to go to brunch. Like that glamour. Yeah, everything. Feeling good and like exuding that confidence. Yeah. I just would die to be back in that era. No, for sure. And, you know, she was one of, but my mom. Totally. She's from Manila, but like her idol was like Sade. So very much natural red lip ponytail, Ralph Lauren, you know, chic. kind of vibe. Yeah. Very cute. And very then, chic. you know, the 90s jeans that kind of sit high. Obviously, everything we're into today um, and like riding boots and stuff. And then you have like my dad, which is super L.A. Like definitely you'll see him in Dickies and Chuck Taylors and even Vans and Stussy and... So he was like, yeah. you know, I am in South Central, but I also go and surf in Malibu with my friends. So, so LA. Yeah, you know, just all over the place, taking the bus, wherever. His younger brother basically was like the super cool one. So I was in elementary. He was in high school at the time. All his friends would come over to my grandmother's house, you know. And that was like the first time I was seeing things like Bathing Ape and like a lot of like streetwear icons today. And he was actually the one that started buying me Jordan sneakers. So it was kind of, again, like I've always had very fashionable people. And I feel like even in my life today, I just kind of apply like whatever inspo that is and, you know, apply it to, let's say we're going to the Chanel show or let's say I have a shoot with Hypebeast, you know. Right. So I think it really just kind of played on like duality for like my own sense of style. Yeah. What was the first pair of shoes you ever got? Well, he told me the first pair was a pair of Air Jordan 7s. Um, Obviously, I don't remember because I was a baby. But I would feel like Jordans and Air Forces were like my first sneakers that I remember falling in love with and didn't know why. I feel like, you know, Michael Jordan's very big on like his stories behind sneakers. But I was like too young. But also Space Jam was out at the time. You know, a lot of cool things in culture were like it really showed Michael Jordan too. So it was great. I mean, honestly, like, again, I still do that today for work. So there was something in that was going to blossom later on, you know. I would do anything to see a photo of your style in high school. Oh, my style in high school? Oh, man. Definitely one best dress. Yes. Yes. That tracks. And, you know, I was very much into like just, okay, my space, but like this mix of 
you know, we I had the Stussy stuff, but then I was also trying to be like a Paris Hilton with like Ed Hardy and, you know, oh, Von girl, Dutch. I and, lived in a Von Dutch hat and the Danang skirts. I mean, oh my, oh my God. goodness. Yeah. Like, you know, just like some Miss Me jeans or <laughs> Kids in LA was like super popping at the time. It was the spot. I mean, yeah. So, and then probably like, the start, obviously, you know, American Apparel was like a time for mm-hmm. LA girls and oh my God. getting your basics from. So I was actually working there probably like after high school for like a couple of years. We'll be right back after a quick break. I have a problem with a lot of health supplements. I'm not truly convinced that the vast majority of them actually do anything to improve my health. The rare herb that promises to cure everything almost likely can't. I know what foods are good to me, but the problem is that my schedule generally doesn't allow me to eat enough of them on a daily basis. This is why I love using Memories whole food powders. It allows me to fill the gaps in my diet with highly absorbable whole foods. And there's not a single ingredient on their label that I don't recognize, which is an absolute rarity. Let's get to the benefits. Memory is all about improving brain health. And because eating for your brain health is eating for your gut, muscles, bones, and heart, I literally use their powders for everything. It's my daily greens mix. It's ultra clean, plant-based protein powder, fiber-heavy gut solution, and most importantly, daily cognitive support. One serving of memory gives me 10 grams of plant-based protein over a serving of leafy green veggies, six grams of fiber, prebiotics, and absolutely zero added sugars or sweeteners. It's also a great source of antioxidants, which comes from its first ingredient, blueberries, vitamin A and K, magnesium, and plant-based omega-3s. They make it so easy for me to incorporate all of these things into my daily routine. And there are three delicious flavors that can be quickly mixed into an eight ounce glass of water, blended into a smoothie, or even incorporated into my favorite recipes. My favorite flavor is the base, but the flavor choice is totally up to you guys. Memory is giving you guys 30% off at checkout when you head to yourmemory.com slash friend. I can't recommend enough taking full advantage and trying them all out. That's Y-O-U-R-M-E-M-O-R-E dot com forward slash friend for 30% off at checkout. Now let's get back to the show. I'm Michelle Kwan. In 1996, the world was in the midst of a massive cultural movement that saw women finally taking center stage. Nowhere was this shift more apparent than at the 1996 Summer Olympics in Atlanta. This audience was the loudest thing I have ever heard in my life. The noise, everybody's cheering, and we see all these USA flags. It was the most important summer in women's sports history, and team after team after team, the U.S. women kept winning. Basketball, soccer, softball, gymnastics. I just said, give me mine. Like, give me mine. Join me for Dear Media's Summer of Gold, presented by Together. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. Do you remember what your first splurge was? The first thing that you were like, I'm going to buy that for myself. Ooh, yes. Actually, I graduated high school and I bought this pair of vintage Chanel sunglasses. First pair. It's quilted on the side. I still have them to this day. The the denim quilted on the side? No, they're just like uh, black, seas, gold, and then it's just like quilted arms. And I thought I was just... Just gonna conquer the world with those. Yeah. You know, and I bought them off of this guy. He actually sold like a bunch of vintage sunglasses at the time. So, you know, it was kind of like, yeah, let's go. We're all coming up. You know, he had 
I mean, he had all the ones like MCM and Chanel and YSL. I mean, just vintage frames. So I was like, yeah, I'm about to start getting into vintage pieces, which I actually still do now. Yeah, <laughs> no, totally. I love that you, I love that that, I feel like I did the same thing when I graduated high school. I, that was like the time for the first splurge. Yeah. Yeah. But a vintage Chanel frame, I would say that that was not my, my <laughs> the first thing I was ever wearing. What were you trying to go for? Oh my God. I mean, well, so my older sister was in fashion. So I was always like really interested in, like she worked for Rodarte and I was okay. always really interested in things that were like on the runway mm-hmm, of the moment. Mm-hmm. And when I graduated, Celine was having, was in the trapeze <laughs> moment. Yeah. So that was Ooh. my obsession for uh, like, I mean, all the colors that were coming out, it just, the tritone, like the cuts, the like cut, it was, it was uh, a moment. My, my heart. Yeah, it I was mean, a moment. Just, and I really remember like that moment for Celine. And I remember I had like gone into the store and I was like, this is the first thing I'm, I'm like, this is it. This is my present to myself. Yeah. It was quite the splurge for sure. Yeah. I actually still have it and it sits in my house and I mean, it's been 10 ish years. So I don't know. I think that I like often reflect on it on such as such like a sentimental thing that I had yeah. from that moment. It was really my first, I think. Don't you feel like that first thing you splurge on really feels like your first like step foot? Like, no, step you're, like, you're like, I am going to be yeah. this fashion girl that like yes. I ideally see myself as, yeah. you know, whatever that is going to lead into, you know. So I want to talk a little bit about where you're at today. I feel like yes. something that I've always just really related to in your journey, especially Alayli and I were on the same uh, management team for a while and I've always admired your journey so much, but the idea of being a creative and what that means. So I'd love to hear through Ooh, your yeah. lens what it is that you do today and you can take as much time as you need on right. this answer. <laughs> um, so what I actually do is, you know, pretty much work under the fashion umbrella. So stylist, model, and sneaker designer. Um, So I design for Nike's Jordan brand. And basically, the first woman to put out a unisex sneaker. It's insane. It's crazy that I say that because it's actually crazy. It's like you guys took this long. But, you know, here we are. And here we are making waves. And, um, you know, on August 19th, my fifth shoe launches. So my fifth collaboration with Jordan Brand launches. So I'm really excited for that. And um, is that the 14? Yes, okay. the Air Jordan 14. Um, it's Those inspired by Jade Jewelry and um, really just to bring in who I am as a person. You know, with every collaboration, I like to give you a little piece of about me, you know, but also it relates to a lot of girls right now. A lot of girls who are into sneakers and just into fashion, just trying to bridge these things together. So yeah, I'm excited. I mean, honestly, I feel like I'm a bit more seasoned now that we're in like our fifth release. So, you know, I feel like possibilities are endless and I feel like I'm definitely always surprising myself with each design because I feel like after my third one, I was like, wow, I don't know if I would be able to create something that was better than this. And then here you come with another one and you're like, wow. I mean, again, like you surprise yourself. So I feel like this is probably my second favorite out of all the ones that I've created for sure. What's your first? Is the first one. The first one. The first one is, I think, just very much of like, you did this. Right. This is crazy. And like this moment here is like something that like you just 
you can't buy, right. you know? The excitement of it all. Yeah, and like trying to register it. Also very much new to like selling sneakers. So yeah. even though I'm a sneakerhead, you're still being introduced to this full audience of sneakerheads that are older than you, younger than you, same, you know? And just like the sneaker industry as well, um, not just Nike, but also around. And um, it's, again, it's like pretty crazy to just look at it all from like this broad spectrum. But I mean, honestly, the best thing that I can always say is just like, look, when you're in your shit, you know, just focus on you and everything else will come after, you know? And yeah, just tap in, like tap into yourself. You have all the answers, you know? Yeah. We'll be right back after a quick break. If you're like me, you usually run into CVS, probably winded because you're in a rush. You need just one thing urgently, but then once you're there, you wander around and you probably get 10 to 15 other things that you might not need. Well, now you can do that, indulge and get rewarded for it. CVS now accepts super easy, touch-free payments with PayPal and Venmo. And the bonus, you get $10 cash back on your first in-store QR code payment of $20 or more. When I pay at CVS using a QR code, it's just a few taps in the app and I'm done. I don't have to deal with all the annoying change or pulling out a credit card or a long receipt. And it works with a cashier or at self-checkout. I can't tell you guys how many times I've been in a rush and ran into CVS and realized that I don't have my wallet. I can't pay. I have to go back home and come back. Now I know that I can do all of this seamlessly from my phone. Plus, I got $10 cash back the first time I made that purchase, and it was almost like getting everything half off. I've used PayPal for years for online purchases, but I love how I can now use it in stores and know that I'm getting some sort of security and can do everything on the fly. To get $10 cash back on your first transaction of $20 or more, just head to your local CVS and pay using your PayPal or Venmo app. That's $10 cash back on your first purchase of $20 or more with the PayPal or Venmo app. To see terms and learn more about how you can earn the $10 cash back, go to paypal.com backslash friend. That's P-A-Y-P-A-L.com slash friend. Now let's get back to the show. How did you first get in touch with Nike? Yeah, so actually working at RSVP Gallery, the manager at RSVP, very close with people from Nike. So, you know, they would come to Chicago. I met them. And then maybe like four or five years later, same guy. He was like, hey, do you remember Frank and Gmo? Um, I'm like, yeah, I do. Back in Chicago. And he's like, yeah, so they want to talk to you about some things. You know, they're launching women's and you know, kind of just want to catch a feel with you. So I was like, okay, cool. Like, so literally that same day we talked on the phone and they were just saying, you know, same kind of gist. We're starting women's and um, we just want to get like some of your opinions on some things that we have coming out and kind of like what you think and then want to try to get you out here to Portland. So I would probably say maybe like, if that was like, in May-ish when I talked to them in like 2016, it was probably like December, like late, later that year where I actually went to Portland. So even going there, it's like going there by yourself. You're a woman, you're walking into this huge building. It's Michael Jordan, you know, yeah. it's like pretty surreal. And, but also very much like, okay, we see you. We see what you're doing. You've always been a fan of the Jordan brand, you know, and we're, 
you know, what would you like to do if you wanted to do anything? And I'm like, oh, okay, let me just pick, obviously, the most grailed shoe ever, Jordan 1. And they're like, kind of just nodding their head, you know? And I'm like, yeah. And they're like, so what do you want to do on it? And I was like, I would honestly just do it like for LA. So I kind of, if you look at a lot of vintage like starter jackets, like LA Kings, LA Raiders, it was satin, it had chenille on it, you know, kind of like that varsity jacket. And then of course the colors are gray, black, white. And um, I just really wanted to apply like this LA style to this Air Jordan one because I felt like LA didn't have a Jordan. And if this was going to be kind of like a one and done deal, I wanted to just make sure that like it represents L.A. on the spectrum, you know, other than like Dodgers and Lakers. Right. um, Because those are very specific colors. But I feel like a lot of people when they think of, you know, people who dress in L.A., they don't think of black, you know. But again, taking like these two great teams, you know, kind of putting it all together. And of course, it's sportswear. So I wanted to apply my knowledge on sports. So yeah, that was actually really great. And my dad used to wear these corduroy slippers. He would get them at the local swap meet. And um, I put the corduroy from the slipper on the shoe mixed with satin and chenille. Amazing. So you have this, you know, Shadow One, um, which has actually come out before, but it was pretty much like a rendition of that. And just, again, applying those fashion elements to it, switching the materials, you know, not just like a leather, but adding the satin, adding the corduroy and, you know, the chenille, little hints. And then on the inside, it's pretty much like Chanel quilted bag. So it's like a quilted insole with my signature. So again, you know, silent but deadly Pulling in all the inspiration. Yeah. So that's definitely like my first ever favorite. And we actually had a pop-up on In Undefeated 2017, October. Wow. So yeah, every year pretty much been coming out with a Jordan. And then um, last year we took a break pretty much preparing for these that have come out this year. So this is will be my second release this year. We actually came out with one earlier in, I would say, March. Okay. So yeah, I mean, it's going, you know. And there's a third one coming out too, the camo. Uh, so that one is friends and family only. Oh, excuse me, everybody. Yes. Okay. <laughs> now, you know, it's actually funny because we were talking about this. I'm pointing at my sister, Lisa. Yeah. Um, someone commented that on a post that went up and yeah. we were like, are these friends and family only? So I'm happy that we're clearing the air here. Yes. So friends and family only. I mean, that's how the millennial pink six started yeah. friends and family, but the internet went crazy. And then like a year later, they were like, hey, let's run it. I was watching. It came up on my newsfeed the other day, Vogue 73 questions with Lord that she just did. Okay. And there was something that she said that I thought was so interesting. The guy who always asks all the questions was like, why do you disappear between albums? And she was like, I can't find the inspiration to write if I don't go and live life and experience things. That part. That part. And it was interesting as I was hearing that and kind of prepping for you and and hearing even what you said at the beginning of this being like, I like to kind of pop in every now and again. But even thinking about COVID in the past year, like, you know, I see you usually twice a year. We see each other at Fashion Week, events, functions, things like that. And all those are sources of inspiration. 
But I wonder for you as a designer in the past year, where have you been able to pull that inspiration with the life that we've lived? I mean, yeah, I think really it's definitely been able to travel. So we've been going local places, me and my friends like Joshua Tree. Yeah. And, you know, oh my thing, God, have we not all been doing Listen, I'm like, like, I know the whole West Coast at this point. <laughs> right? I mean, it's a thing, but it's also a thing to just go yeah. in and just like be away and totally you know again be around your friends be around your family what inspires you you know what is kind of the message that you want to portray with your life to the world just because we all have these audiences and it's like okay what really do i stand for right now so i think really it has been a source of inspiration because we're taking you know these moments where it's hard for a lot of us and you know creating something that's new and fresh and also very sentimental, you know? So I think a lot of us have found inspiration, but also have hit a wall at yeah. some point with it, you know? It's it's like this 50-50 thing. You're like, oh, I can't. And then you're like, wow, what is this, you know? Hitting the wall has been really crucial for me, though, I feel. I feel. Because I can recount like three, four times I've hit the wall in the past year and a half. Oh, yeah. And it just forces you to get over it to mm -hmm. some point and you figure get out. You through it. You gotta get through it. Yeah. You gotta get around it, whatever it is. You know? And making it on the other side is amazing. But I just feel like that's the, that's been, that's definitely been my number one challenge in the yeah. past year and a half. It's not hitting that wall. For sure. Because you're like, how can I avoid this? Because once I get there, you're like, it kind of, it's, it's a weird spot to be in. Yeah. You know, even some of my friends, like, you know, we would get together and they'll be like, I don't know about you guys, but I'm feeling real uninspired right now. And right. I'm like, me too. But I think even just kind of having that revelation also helps you lead to getting to the inspiration. It's that self-awareness. You know, yeah. like you… Of being able to identify. Exactly. And through that, you know, there's confidence that comes with that. There's the experience that comes with that. You know, totally. there's so many things that pretty much guide you and really just being present, you know, and filling the feelings. We'll be right back after a quick break. Has not finding the right therapist stopped you from taking care of your mental health? Well, do I have a solution for you? Today's episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. It's a website that's making professional therapy accessible, affordable, and so convenient. So any of you who are struggling with life's challenges can get help anytime, anywhere. When you sign up for BetterHelp, they will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. You're truly going to be matched with someone who can assess your needs and help you out. They'll connect you in a safe and private online environment. It's so convenient because I get to do it from home. That's something that I've loved that's come out of COVID. Therapy from your couch is unbeatable. But I also love knowing that everything that I say is really confidential. I know I'm in a safe space, which is my house. And I also know that I can reach out to my counselor at any time if anything's gone wrong. You can even text them. As a bonus, since it's virtual, if you're listening and you're out of the United States, all of my global listeners can take advantage of this too because they service clients worldwide. Basically, it's a win-win if you're looking for therapy. In fact, so many people have been using BetterHelp that they're recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states in the U.S. I want you guys to start living a happier life today because BetterHelp has done that for me. And as a listener, you will get 10% off your first month by visiting our sponsor at betterhelp.com slash friend. And you will be joining over 1 million people who have also taken charge of their mental health. Again, that's betterhelp, B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P.com slash friend. 
Now let's get back to the show. How do you get out of a design rut? Yeah, sometimes you just got to look. Baby girl, stop, close the notebook. Yeah. <laughs> get up, take a walk, have a conversation, you know, have lunch. Hey, I'm cooking dinner. Are you trying to come over? Right. Like, you know, little things like that, I feel like. Because again, when you're having the dialogue, it will lead into other conversations. And, you know, you have those friends, you guys talk for hours. And like, you may start on the alphabets and you end up on... Atlantis. You know what I mean? It's like completely (laughs) opposite. But (laughs) we have to make space for moments like that. For sure. That's something I've been practicing a lot lately. It's like, how do I make time for absolute silence? Mm -hmm. I'm not watching a show. I'm not Mm -hmm. on my phone. Mm -hmm. I'm not on Twitter. I'm not doing all these things. Because I think for a while, I thought that like my silent time, like my quiet me time Mm -hmm. was like the time where I could sit on a couch and just be on my phone and feel free to do what I needed to do. But now I actually feel it's like that same thing that people say when they're in the shower, all their best ideas mm-hmm. come to them. Like mm-hmm. I need time that is totally undistracted. Yep. And that's where I feel like I can kind of reinvigorate in a way. Yeah, Listen to your favorite music. You know, for me, a lot of times it was listening to music, folding laundry, cleaning, you know, trying to just the getting your laundry. mind off of things. And yeah. Again, like calling up your homegirl, you guys FaceTime for like two hours and you'd be like, all right, so I got to go downstairs. And you're like, all right, call you later. Yep. Bye. Yep. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> and this is something that I think a lot of creatives deal with because we're constantly juggling a million things. Right. You and I both have multiple businesses. We mm-hmm. both wear a lot of different hats. Right. And I'd love to hear creative to creative what you do to create some sort of structure in your life. Like what yeah. is that day to day like for you where you're constantly feeling or constantly working to avoid getting into that rut. Right. Well, in the morning I wake up. So I actually practice this Buddhism. It's called Nichiren Buddhism. It's wow. the same one like Tina Turner and Orlando Bloom and a lot of cool people practice. Love. Um, so a part of the religion, you actually chant morning and evening. So um, you're chanting this uh, chant basically and you're saying it. And there's like a longer part and there's a shorter part. So it's like nam myoho gekyo If you ever hear that, you'll know that it's this type of Buddhism. Okay. Because there's many different types. There's like over 1,200. So. Wow, I didn't know that. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah. It pretty much traveled and it flourished. People adapted to different cultures and things like that. So this one basically started in Japan. But really it's, uh, the idea is that you're the Buddha. I'm the Buddha. You know, it's all about tapping into your innate Buddhahood or like this nature that brings out, again, like everything that you want to see come to fruition. But the idea is it's not only just prayer, like you have to create the action in your life. You know, it's this idea of karma and, you know, a lot of things that you hear from like Buddhist, you know, text. But in the morning we chant and we're chanting this mantra, it's like you are ideally waking up in the morning and saying, all right, here we go. Whatever challenges or things that come up today, like let me be present in making the best action for my life when these things come up, you know? I'm walking into this meeting, I'm gonna do a good job. I'm a little nervous, but it's okay. It's okay to feel these feelings. It's not, so this Buddhism isn't really about you know, this idea of bliss, it's about looking into the mirror at yourself and peeling away these layers. And each layer that you peel back 
more knowledge, more experiences you're gaining to basically apply, you know, to your own life. So, and then at night we actually do, you know, a nighttime kind of same thing, chanting that same mantra, but the end of the night is kind of like, all right, you killed it today. You know, these are the ideas that come up or you're like, I folded, you know, and I don't know how to get through this. I don't know what's the next step, you know, but you know, here it is universe. I folded. It's, it's okay. You're going to be okay. And tomorrow is a new day. And then you start that next day. And again, you chant in the morning. You're like, all right, yesterday was pretty crazy, but again, it's a new start. So it's all about like from this moment on. Yeah. What a good practice. Yeah. How long have you been practicing that for? It was probably 2014 when I started. Honestly, the more that I learn about it, the more I'm learning about myself. So again, Buddhism is just really a religion. It's tapping into like this thing that's inside, you know, that again, has all the answers to everything. You know, um, you're gaining patience, you're gaining knowledge, you're reading about your mind in this text and you're like, what? I'm like, this is what that is. And even the coincidences that you see afterwards, again, you're just more self-aware. So, so many things are happening. And um, a lot of things that I've been able to create in my life is because, again, you're tapping in with yourself, you know. That's really beautiful. Yeah. What an amazing practice to have in your life. It really is. I mean, again, whether it's Buddhism or your morning routine or anything like, you know, I think it's just really important to have that time to yourself because, you know, you got to get yourself right before you sit there and try to get anybody else or the world or anything that's going on outside of you for, you know, after. So totally. Yeah. Okay, I want to switch gears a little bit to talk about yeah. another thing that happens in your house. And that is apparently where 300 pairs of sneakers are held. Okay. <laughs> is this true? That listen, you have 300 pairs of sneakers? Listen, okay. Can y'all pay for my rent? Because, you know. <laughs> Insane. <laughs> yeah. how, do you, how do you store them all? I mean, we in a box, in closets. We're talking like, I'm assuming like the clear boxes. Stacked. So I have some clear boxes, but sometimes I look at like, the actual packaging and I'm like but it's too cool to get rid of but I've also been being very smart like I think at this Mm. point I've just been like all right what can you give to your little cousins your little sister and things like that and it's like boom and then once one of them passes your shoe size it's like good luck Chuck because it's over I had it for you but you wanted to get bigger and then you have the other side. Totally their fault. Totally their fault. (laughs) You know? So I'm like, I got to be smart with, you know, what I want to keep. And, you know, obviously the mix of sneakers, it's not only just like sneakers from Nike and Jordan and things like that. This is like Chanel sneakers, you know, like then you have like your boots. And I feel like Definitely the older I get, the more I've been getting into like heels and like calf boots. You guys should see my face right now. You know? Wow. Yeah. So. Who knows? Maybe in 10 years, I'll ask you the heel sneakers question and you're going to be like heels. Listen, you know. People change. And I think it's just like the evolution of, you know, you're seeing a girl like become more confident in who she is. And she's like, I can pull off anything. But then also looking at something and being like, that's great design. I would definitely wear that, you know? Yeah. It's the respect for it. Yeah, for sure. 
Okay, we have some sneakerhead lightning round questions. Uh-oh. Take a deep breath. Whew. Okay. What is your favorite shoe ever made? Oh my goodness. Favorite shoe ever made? I guess favorite shoe that I probably don't have in my closet that I would always love but doesn't come in my size. <laughs> like most shoes. Mm-hmm. The Nike Air Mags, which is actually designed by a woman too. Wow. Yeah, the Back to the Futures, you know, where they okay, like yes. kind of lace up. I know and yeah, obviously I really love Back to the Future part two more than all of them, but definitely a big Back to the Future fan. But love, those were just so futuristic. Yeah. And like, I love, you know, the 2000s and things, but I also really love like things that look crazy futuristic. Like one of my first. Um, YouTube fashion shows I stumbled upon when I was younger was the Alexander McQueen show. So oh, it's wow. like I kind of started yeah. off pretty crazy. Right. You know, and I'm like, what is this? Like, you set the bar high. Yeah, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, definitely the Air Max. Love. What is the most popular shoe, in your opinion, on the market right now? Ooh, most popular shoe on the market? Probably Virgil's or Travis, any of. Probably whatever's coming out most recently is always like crazy around that. Someone explained to me how those bandana sneakers are still like $15,000. Okay. Crazy. I'm like, yo, calm down, everybody. Crazy. I don't, well, I don't know if you've heard like the friends and family M&M fours. Oh, yeah. Those go for like 30K, 40K. Yeah. And um, even like the undefeated fours, those are probably around the same price. Insane. It's like. <laughs> but again, that's like archive. People collect that. Yeah. Like, yeah it's art for them. For sure, at that point. What is your best hunting trick to nail down a pair of shoes you've been dying to get? I gave up on sneakers at for sure. People, I'm so glad you brought this up. Let me rant really quickly. (laughs) Yo, (laughs) fix it. No, fix it. It's it's pretty crazy. It's so crazy. Literally, somebody was like, "Oh, did you see it on sneakers?" I was like. I do not have that app because I never win. I never win. I never win. It it doesn't want me to win either. That's is what I've decided. And then there's like a raffle thing, and I'm like, yo, it's great that people get my shoes on this raffle, but also like, how can I never get right. the shoes? No, totally. I don't even. I don't have a shoe on there, but like, I would like to win a raffle too. <laughs> Look, I'm like, we're all in the same boat. So however that works, you know. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I've. I've always just had to ask like one of like my homies like, hey, can I get these? How do I get these? I'm always asking weird questions. They're like, it's okay. Let me work it out for you. I mean, you know, very deserving. I'm like, I think it's fine. <laughs> what is the most you've ever paid to get a pair of shoes? Honestly, it would probably be like the more high end ones, yeah. like the Chanel's, and that doesn't you count. know. <laughs> I mean, it's a sneaker. Money doesn't it's exist. a sneaker. When it's a Chanel sneaker, <laughs> you guys. It really doesn't. It's like, no, it yo, cash exist. me out. Tax. Yep. 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 California tax. <laughs> yep. <laughs> it's yeah. Yeah, it doesn't count. I'm I'm like a sucker for those. Me too. I want them in every color. They're like cute little trainers, but like I know. a flex. You know, I splurged <laughs> on the gray ones in college, yeah. and I still have them, and they are. So good. Still like amazing quality. I'm obsessed with that. Yeah. Yeah. Instant <laughs> instant outfit upgrade. No, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> I would love to hear a little bit of your insights on what the conversations are being had, especially after working with such a big brand like Nike. I feel like anytime I go onto Goat or… Well, actually, I only ever go on Goat. Right. Um, I am buying… StockX. <laughs> StockX is too complicated for me. Yeah. I'm like, am I supposed to click this button? Bid to… Am I bidding? Yeah. Like, did I get them? Right. Did I just right. spend 500? Wait, did I get them? <laughs> I, know, I know. I'm very confused. Yeah. Um, 
anytime I'm on GOAT, it's amazing because like, for example, like the MA New Balances, I'm on there and it immediately takes me to a men's size nine. Cool, great, whatever, boys. Right. And they're like 300 bucks. But you go to size five, which is a size seven in women's, then and gets... they are $900. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it just makes me sit there and be like, why Why am I not shopping a women's run of these mm-hmm. shoe? Mm-hmm. Like this is clearly more valuable for women right. than it is for men. Like no, the really. price is 3X. Yeah. And, and I that's the thing with women. Like, you know, we're definitely more in for a bargain. So we're totally. going to buy less, you know, resale. So why should the price be higher? Even right. though there's less quantities in that size, it's still, again, like, you still got to know your audience, you know? Yeah, I feel like, we're, I mean, I feel like we're smarter shoppers for sure. Yeah. But I just, I I wonder what those insights or conversations are being had, especially with such a big brand about right. making sneakers more inclusive for women. I know yeah. you are obviously at the helm of that, making yes. the first ever unisex shoe. But in general, it's such an interesting, like, conundrum that I see. And I'm like, why mm-hmm. is this simply not being solved mm-hmm. when we have more of like the market spend at this yeah. point. I mean, and I always like to say it's like sneakers. Usually someone's mom is buying them a pair of sneakers. You yeah. know, she wants to be fresh too. And yeah. like, you know, there's all these things that you have to take into account. After the first one that we did, that was unisex. After that, I only released women's just because, so mind you, there's this vault, you know, in the Jordan vault and the Nike vault, and then there's Jordan women's vault. There's only one silhouette that has pretty much exists for women only. In the vault? Yeah. And <laughs> yeah, what? Yeah, which is like, again, we're a little slow on the process, yeah. but you know, here we are <laughs> making waves. And but does um, it even have to? I wonder, like, does it even have to be a silhouette? Like, I don't think that that's right. what women want. I think women just want to see exactly a women's size run exactly. in the shoes that we're seeing everywhere right. in love. And I think that's what, you know, our whole play with Jordan women's is, is yeah. like, you know, let's deliver some fresh shit that men can't get because you guys got everything, right. you know? Everything. So um, unless you can fit, you know, let's say a lot of my sneakers will go to like a women's 16. Right. So, you know, that will be like a men's 14. Right. I mean, you're pretty covered. But a lot of times those go fast or sell the most because obviously there's very few on the market. But yeah, it definitely needs to be, you know, I mean, there's always conversations about that. And more conversations are making for more products to come out in a size run. So you do see, you know, Travis is coming out in smaller sizes or things like that. So I guess you have to also think of like lead time too. So it's like, this sneaker that's coming out next week, I designed at the beginning of March 2020, you know? So it's like... The Jade one. Yes. Wow. So again, it's like a process, but definitely something that like even the women inside the brands have been talking about because it's like, okay, here we go. We have like this great run. Let's try to get our sizes or let's try to, you know, so I think it's really just communication and like we keep communicating that we need these in our size. Slowly. Yeah. Slowly. We're getting there. So you said your new sneaker comes out August 14th? August 19th. Okay. Yes. So Alele's newest sneaker comes out August 19th. I wish you yes. the best of luck in getting Thank that. You so much. Um, but just letting you guys know, Godspeed. Okay. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on again. Thank you for having me. It was so me. good to see you and catch yes. up and hear about everything you've been working on. Yeah, for sure. I mean, look at your growth too, okay? <laughs> Pacific Design Center, we love you. <laughs> we love you. We love you. 
Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Friend of a Friend. Before you go, make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and at tiermedia.com. And for more behind the scenes of the show, visit us at friendofafriend.us and follow me at Liv Perez on Instagram. Don't forget the two Vs. See you next week.